0: Hey guys, Chris Murphy here. I'm here with Dev Raj again. Hey, Dev. Hey, hey, Chris. Yeah, good to see you again, Dev. I know you've got a course coming up, a workshop as well on narcissism. Um, and we haven't done a, a podcast on this yet. I've really been interested in this topic, understanding what makes people narcissists, like what are what are the, some of the traits and also how we recognize them in within ourselves as well. Um, particularly mm-hmm. me in my life, I seem to have attracted quite a few. Um, probably less so now, but um, maybe I see more people in the world who are like this, whether it's celebrities or politicians or whoever. So it's always an interesting topic to understand more of the personality. So yeah, Dev, I guess what what can you start off telling us about narcissists and uh, and sort of the interest in this course that you're doing.
1: Well I mean I'm I'm at the minute creating content for an online course, a seven module online course on narcissism which is aimed at people who are either kind of interested in narcissism or want to work on the side of them that's narcissistic and it's also useful to people who find themselves entangled with narcissists a lot because there are reasons why someone gets entangled with with people who are narcissistic and I'm also running a workshop uh, at the weekend, just a three-hour workshop on narcissism and it's kind of in response to uh, I wanted to pick up like more modern popular psychological topics. I've been working with the body and bioenergetics and Reiki therapy for a long time. And I kind of thought, well, you know, the, these these therapies and, and along with sort of basic concepts from psychotherapy also lend themselves well to these modern topics like online uh, addictions to pornography, underachievement. Narcissism, nice, nice guy, good girl kind of syndromes, these kind of things that mm. you know regularly attract a lot of people on social media, and people are very interested in the kind of topics of the day. And with with narcissism, I guess, I mean, like the others, you know, probably a big part of the reason why becoming so so dominant, why uh, and so many people are talking about it, and why there's so much of it about, is because it's so kind of based on the thinking mind. And the more that we are locked off from the world of deep feelings, then the more our tendencies towards narcissism are likely to increase. And and by narcissism, really, I mean there's three or four traits that you will see in the in, in someone that really does kind of definably make them a narcissist and one is that they are blocked off from deep emotions. They can't easily access deep, deep wounds of pain or a deep feeling of anger. You know, they can posture with emotions or talk about emotions a little bit, but it's kind of manipulative. It's not really real, you know, they're not really feeling it deep inside. Another thing you'll see with narcissists, they often become very, they're really trying to project like an image out into the world, rather as though, you know, our Facebook avatar actually was us. You know, that as though uh, basically you can, with, with the rise of social media, it's given free reign to people who have got latent tendencies towards narcissism just to go to the total extreme of just literally you could create a personality online that is nothing like what what you are, or who you are inside or in person, uh, and 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 function through that. And as long as no one beats you, maybe you'd. You know, you'd be feel yourself very successful or popular or, or, or things like this, well. and this, this this is narcissism. It's another characteristic of a narcissist. Often is that they they have quite a deep neediness inside, but they're very determined that they're not going to show that and feel vulnerable. So they tend to bind people to them, particularly in love relationships, uh, in a kind of manipulative or non-straight anyway way you know they find a way to keep people close when you hear people talking about say gaslighting you know where you habitually keep a partner in a low state of low self-esteem you know that's a way of keeping someone close to you so they don't escape but you don't ever have to say i need you you don't ever have to really reveal what's going on and you may not even be aware of it the behavior may be so deeply entrenched within within someone's being the narcissist's being And finally, narcissists tend to really struggle with any kind of, like, negative reflections coming towards them. Mm. It's very, very hard for them, very disproportionate. I mean, everyone does. Everyone does as human. But also, it's disproportionately destructive to them because they are trying so hard to maintain a front. They're trying to maintain a front. They're not really interested in who they are Mm. on a deep emotional level. You know, what they want is just to push this front out into the world. And this is a learned behavior, but would have come from, from childhood experience. You know, if their, if their own deep emotions weren't really allowed as a kid, if the parents or other caregivers, you know, really d- just didn't didn't allow them to be that emotional, then they may have learned that the only way to get love or even to survive as a child was to create a persona and to project it out into the world, give all your energy into a persona. Kind of like there was this novel, by uh, Oscar Wilde, famous guy like 100 years ago, 150 years ago or something, called The Picture of Dorian Gray. It was something Dorian Gray, I think it was the picture of Dorian Gray. And Dorian Gray was like this upper class kind of guy who was super good looking. And in the, in the attic of Dorian Gray's house, there was this picture of Dorian Gray. And, and the idea was that Andorian Gray would just become this kind of real bad, seductive, rake kind of guy who looked really good, but was always sucking people into dodgy business schemes where he could make money or seducing women and then just casting them away to the side. And He just kept on looking really, really good. Mm. And up in the attic, the picture got really, really bad, basically, until at some point, I think in the, in the final sequence of the story, uh... They knocked the house down, I can't really remember, or something like this. In any way, the picture got destroyed. And when the picture got destroyed, Dorian Gray, all the bad things that he'd done all just kind of flooded his being and he became like a wrinkled old man and died within the space of a, a week or something like that. I may be getting the story a little bit wrong, but that's the, the gist of it.
0: Yeah, Dev, uh, lots, lots in what you've just said and, and I can relate to to a lot of the things that you've said in terms of seeing them in other people. Also, also within within myself as well, we, we all are on Facebook, you know, mm. putting some sort of front, like my life is great and this is good. And, you know, we, we hide a certain part of ourselves, which is mm. similar to what people are doing. I mean, one thing I found interesting last night, I've chatted to one of my friends and um, he sort of ended uh, ways with, with this, with one of these guys. And he said, oh, he's very narcissistic, quite psychopathic." I mean, there's loads of different, you know, obviously sociopath, psychopath, you know, it's, it, it would be interesting to, at some point today to hear your thoughts on that. But one of the main thing I found interesting was it was that he never, he never really knew until now. I think we've talked about a couple of people that we've, um, you know, without probably mentioning the names on, on YouTube and stuff, who, who seem to come out quite narcissistic now, and we never, we never really knew. So it's, it's sometimes quite interesting how, how we don't see it as well. You know when when all of a sudden you've been in this relationship for for a year um and you think it's fine like i would probably relate to myself um maybe with a couple of women that it was it was as if yeah everything was fine but then when you're sort of coming out of the relationship or it ends you've realized there's this sort of real control and like your needs don't matter and it's all about them um and you've kind of been used really haven't you and you've been played
1: to a degree but uh, you've got to be very careful with these kind of statements you know i mean working a bit more these days with narcissism i often get people come to me who they can they can talk and talk forever about how bad and how narcissistic their partner was but they don't really investigate why it was that they spent five years with this person uh and 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 that unwillingness to investigate that is 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 precisely the reason why they ended up with with this person for so long and this tendency to just blame the other person you know the narcissist is the bad guy you know and i'm the poor innocent victim this is not an empowering way to think in fact it is it's putting you completely into a victim position If, if if you want to Stop going out with people who are narcissistic or having highly narcissistic friends. You have to look at yourself and you have to change. It's got nothing to do with the outside. Outside in the world, there could be any number of mad people, crazy people, sociopaths, narcissists, dark cluster, blah, blah, cluster B, dark triad, people, whatever the latest term is. This is not really your problem. Your problem is who are you? And if you're unwilling to look who are, who are you and what's authentically going on for you, then yes, you will at times find yourself sucked into relationships with people because on some level you're getting a need met, you know, and you have to look what that need is. Just simply demonizing narcissism is like, it's a bit like the Me Too movement, demonizing guys or something like this. You know, it doesn't really achieve the vast amount. You know, it, it brings some awareness to the issue. It helps people to look a bit more deeply. Hey, what's going on in our behavior? But it is only the first movement towards a step. It's not even a step in the right direction. It's just like that kind of slight beginning of a movement. You know, the bottom line is, if you're repetitively getting involved with narcissists, you know, there's there, there's a reason for that. And, and And you have to look at that. You have to look at it. You know, you can't just stick it out on the outside or you'll just end up a victim your whole life. Classically, you know, in, before we started talking about gnosis so much in our culture, you know, we had this idea often of dependent, codependent, anti-dependent relationships, and that's very, very similar, really, to how it's a, it's another model from psychology in the '80s, and the idea was you had in a couple you'd often have this kind of very dependent person, one of the partners. Classically, it was more likely to be the woman in, in a, say in a in a mixed race, um, sorry, a mixed gender uh, relationship. And the anti-dependent, the dependent was kind of clingy and the anti-dependent was like pushing away, pushing the person away. And and so this really in many ways is the classic narcissist relationship in in love relationships. The narcissistic type is keeping control but the person being controlled and trying to cling on is getting some form of psychological reward from the behavior. And uh, unless they're willing to look at that, it's unlikely to go away.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing that Dev, and that, that's definitely been something I've seen over the years, and I've attracted less people with such strong traits, so I think some people it was like, you know, a, no empathy, it appeared like there was hardly any empathy at all, uh, that I was at home, and then I, I questioned so for so long, it's like, okay, if I've got lots of empathy, why have I attracted this person, but you know i did i did on some some level i wasn't feeling good enough and i was being treated the way i was being treated by say a certain person and it was to step into my power and say you know this is this is no no longer acceptable and mm. like recognizing that within myself as well um so i mean one thing i was going to i was interested to talk about as well was boundaries um there's there's a lack of respect for boundaries um i i found it in certain people it's it's kind of I think people like the people you've already mentioned. When you sort of state a boundary, it's it's hot. It's not really met as as well. Or I've, I've, I think in the beginning, I struggled to set boundaries because a lot of people around me, which which are based on your last comment, I understand is within myself as well. I disrespected other people's boundaries. You know, it's like every time someone gave me a boundary, I would probably walk across it or think, oh, I'll tiptoe around it, you know, I'll ask for more of their time when they say I'm them I'm, I'm too busy or, or whatever it is. But what I noticed, and I did live with this guy once, and he's just, he crossed so many boundaries, I'm not labeling him narcissistic, <laughs> but there were so many things he was doing um, where the whole time I was at home, I was like, this guy is literally crossing so many boundaries mm-hmm. um, and he's just not listening to me at all. And I was listening to his boundaries. And I was like, yeah, I respect you, this or that. But then every time I said something, he was like, nah, he's like, nah, it's not okay. Um, and then I, I felt that he was in control the whole time, you know. And it was kind of kind mm. of like he was controlling my mind, you know. Yeah. Until I actually yeah. left the flat, I actually mm. felt so free, you know. Um so, so what what is what's going on there with with boundaries? What why do people like that struggle to set boundaries? Oh sorry, respect boundaries. Well, like
1: you say, it's a two way street. You know, you've got the person who in their own inner world feels they have a right to be a bit invasive. You know, they have the right just to kind of put energy out as they feel like and they don't really need to respect other people's boundaries. And there will be an inner model for that, possibly relating to some level of invasion as a child which may not be something particularly heavy or extreme, such as sexual abuse, but it may just be something where they were not really allowed as a kid to express themselves. The parents were overly controlling around the age of two or three. That's one possibility. And likewise, in the person who's allowing themselves to be invaded constantly, there will be an underlying feeling that it's not okay for them to put up boundaries. They're probably a bit of a pleaser. On some level you know and they again don't feel they 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 learned as a child to survive do not really express yourself to survive do not really express yourself because otherwise you would just put up a boundary because the energy to put up the boundary is there inside the body you know it's like hey this person's invading me there's like an inner fire that comes up like no you know and then of course how you how you express that is it it, it has to be in a way that's kind of socially appropriate you know you don't need to go on the rampage but nevertheless that reaction will be going on inside the pleaser but they they have diminished it they've squashed it down because they believe that in order to, to to fit into society and get needs met they have to please other people and so they can't really say no and put up boundaries and so once again these two characters get Kind of sucked into each other because one needs someone to invade and wants to just be able to be invasive and the other one is willing to allow invasion Is willing to allow invasion but in the in the mind of a narcissist it has got this invasive type you know that they will just feel like they'll probably feel like they're they're helping the other person by by invading yeah you know that's probably what they will will, will feel you know not necessarily in, in terms of like finally pushing them to the point where they do actually set boundaries, but more like they'll probably see the other person as quite a victim who actually needs their invasion as a form of support to do anything. But, you know, I mean, you know, there's probably different examples as well, but for, for a narcissist in their inner world, that'll probably be what's going on.
0: No, absolutely, Dev. <clears throat> I mean, I like the way you're, you're explaining everything at the moment because it's not necessarily... I think when you see a lot of these videos on youtube or explanations it's like the narcissists are the the bad people um and i think where we're coming from it's a two-way street you know an example is like maybe the kid on the school playground who's getting bullied who's getting punched and he doesn't fight back so it's who who do you feel more sorry for the the victim or the abuse normally we relate more with the victim because we feel like victims ourselves but you equally want to come out of the victim and you want to see someone, you know, grow and then be powerful. And it's not necessarily that, you know, you get one. over, And that's what movies do, aren't they? They get one over on, on the enemy. But there's actually there's actually a great lesson. Great lesson there. Um,
1: well, the thing, the, 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 the thing is, is what we learn as kids is that blaming someone reduces the psychological pressure on ourselves. Mm. If we can find someone to blame for something, we don't have to feel a lot of deep emotions about that situation if for example i'm the victim of a narcissist if i can just go around saying narcissism is bad down with narcissism i'm going to go on a protest about narcissism i don't have to investigate and i don't have to feel what's going on inside of me basically so that's the psychological reward of blaming but of course i can never change now because in order for me to change you know, something on the outside has to change because I've made the problem on the outside of me. So it's like <clears throat> someone living from this viewpoint has a very contracted sense of self and they say, they see all the points of change happening in the world around them. So if something on the outside can change, then I'll be all right. You yeah. couldn't get a better description of a victim. It's impossible. And basically, someone who's not doing that, if you expand your sense of self and say, okay, I got into this relationship, I got totally invaded, You know, instead of, okay, he was bad, she was bad, blah, 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 blah. How did I get in that? What was my thinking? What was my motivation? What was going on inside of me that I allowed someone to treat me like that? Not in a way that beats them up, because that's another indulgence, but in a way that actually allows that person to learn and change their behavior and maybe see what they were missing inside. So the blame process is like, the initial reaction is like that first intent that i was talking about It's the first intent of something happening but it's not there's no movement there's not a step yet towards resolution or towards development but blaming is like just uh is that first little intent and then the blaming has to go you can't change if you're blaming
0: yeah, absolutely absolutely i mean the common example at the moment is the government right and how people are blaming the government for everything in its case kind yeah. of you know these are the two things meeting which which support support each other um on on such like a grand scale so this is definitely something is so is that why you would say politicians or, or many leaders in these positions would fall under that category of having these traits or um maybe other traits as well i mean as just that and a second part question is what what's the difference between say a narcissist and then and a psychopath or a, a sociopath what's what's the have you looked into some of that stuff as well? Yeah, I
1: mean I mean relating to, to politicians, I mean, you know, it's not really that they're all narcissists or something like that. It's more like we live in a culture like here in the UK, I've been living in the UK most of my life, you know, which is a very blame-oriented culture. When I was a kid, you know, if anything went wrong, the first thing to do was work out who who it was, who was to blame. And so whenever you did anything, you made sure you had an excuse, someone you could blame in case it went wrong. But of course, no one ever learns or develops. It's just in this kind of very low mindset thing that you're you're going around in all the time. And the mass media, of course, feed that, you know, it's like a lot of people are pretty churned up about COVID, people have lost people, people have had a lot of their freedoms taken away or whatever or experienced that. And, and then they've got a lot of residual emotional energy one way of kind of temporarily discharging that is, is for the media to provide them with people to blame it's like a whipping boy you know if it just comes out who everyone can just beat up and shout and scream at like in sort of medieval era with stocks you know and then feel for a little bit better you know they just hurled all these rotten vegetables at this guy but of course you know they're really the losers really and essentially the people doing the blaming because they're you know, they're using the whipping boy, but they're not actually taking responsibility for their own lives or their own behavior. And so they can't develop. And so the media are kind of mass media, the newspapers are in a kind of unholy relationship, you know, where they get power by offering blame, blame figures, you know, Hancock or Johnson or whoever it is. And then, you know, you can subscribe to those people as blame figures if you don't want to investigate your own behavior and have to feel more. You know so it's like the, the media are facilitating people's ability to not feel and if enough people said actually i don't want to blame these guys i don't want to just go into hindsight and say we should have done this and we should have done that you know if you stop the blaming then of course the newspapers lose their power mm-hmm. mass media loses their power or it has to change tack it has to change tack you know for years like the british football team you know english football team you know, would. I mean, the level of negativity held at it by the British media was such that it was pretty much impossible for them to ever win anything. I mean, they're literally just being pounded. And every new manager that came in would just get pounded. And if he lost one game, even experimenting with a few new players, the Sun and the papers are all piling in, pounding this poor guy. And they just give up, you know. It's been the same with COVID. You know, there, were, there weren't so many measures and then the newspapers pound and pound and pound. And they take measures regardless of any scientific truth or anything. It's just people in this state who want to blame, who want to direct their negative energy outwards. Mm. And so, you know, this is not so much, I think, directly to do with narcissism. It's more just it's more just people in a low state of awareness scrabbling around and they've never really worked out or no one's ever really explained to them any alternatives as to how they can make their society better, you know? When you talk about sociopathy or, or psychopathy, you know the, these are complex terms in the sense that they have kind of slightly different meanings in different schools of psychology so and, and narcissism it, it's kind of complex but i mean for example there is a thing called the, the personal the psychopathic inventory personal psychopathic inventory or psychological per, psychopathic inventory. There's, there's two kind of scales which you can you can work out psychopathy on. And originally, as far as I understand, sociopath was just a, a, a more, kind of less pathologizing time for psych- term for psychopath, because the word psychopath has become kind of associated with like Hannibal Lecter or Ted Bundy or things like this, you know, very extreme people, you know, who are like killing people and shit. You know, it's complex because there's different definitions. And like I say, there's the psychopathic inventory revised thing is like eight different categories that they score your personality on you do like 100 questions and it works out where you are on the kind of psychopathic inventory and it is stuff like lack of empathy cold-heartedness teflon kind of uh, ego and things like this but at the end of the day narcissists are, i would not really consider them to be quite the same as a, a psychopath and i would not consider a psychopath to be a particularly bad person you know the term again has been kind of fused with this whole desire to blame certain people in society uh, as a way to make ourselves feel better and it doesn't really work but all a psychopath is kind of doing in a way is just like they've got more fluidity and flexibility inside a narcissist is more like a one trick pony that's just usually just pounding energy out they may have some kind of machiavellian characteristics which are more more common with more psychopathic people but it's generally more rigidity in character structure. The average narcissist is just rigid oral. They're very needy inside. They've rigidified over the neediness. They've blocked off the world of feelings. They're pulling people towards them in a way. They, they keep people down around them, whether like they're boss or whatever, in a relationship. You know, the psychopath is a bit different. The psychopath's on a different scale. He's more like, or she is more like, very manipulative very fluid they can take a different they're not so rigid they have high upper body fluidity and they they more control people through subtle means you know they don't just need to gaslight you know they're more subtle and what else could we say about other things um and they're more they kind of project energy out. They want followers, you know, they, they, instead of just getting one person hooked to them as their kind of, you know, partner, they, they'd rather have like a hundred followers on, on, on Instagram or 10,000 followers, people feeding on their energy and stuff like that, or work, you know, they want to be inspiring and charismatic, uh, you know, but the average narcissist probably wouldn't aspire quite that high up the scale. They don't really have the fluidity. They're more rigid the psychopath has more aggression in their character it's it, it's a bit different it's not really hard boundaries and these things in psychology you know i don't know how useful it is as a, as a comparison
0: yeah no it gives us a bit of an idea but the whole thing i'm getting from from this interview dev and what you're saying is it's recognizing it within ourselves so if we're getting triggered by a psychopath or someone who has no empathy whatsoever why, why are we getting triggered by that why, what's what's an empowering way to is, is there something within us that's a bit of a psychopath or lacks empathy with people or?
1: I mean, people who totally lack empathy are actually quite rare, I think. You know, that's just a hardening over. The empathetic response will be in there, but there's this intense hardening. What you, you know, a very useful diagram I use sometimes in talks about these things is like, you imagine there's three kind of concentric layers of our inner world. Thoughts are on the outside. Mm. Inside about a feelings, deep emotions, and inside about this kind of state of being. Yeah, yeah. And what's happened for most of these characters is they've learned to harden off. You know, so they're totally comfortable in the world of thinking. And they've hardened off by excessive thinking and creating a very fixed, hardened personality. Deep feelings, so they're living in this kind of shell on the outside, on, on the outskirts. I don't have the diagram to hand and show you, you know, but people often find it very useful to understand and. And so, you know, these guys, they they, they may be able to model feelings a lot and empathy, but it's not not really real for them. They don't feel the same heartfelt connection with emotion that, that another person might do. The psychopath is more likely to be modeling and mimicking emotion, you know, rather than not feeling it.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So thanks for that, Dev. I mean, onto onto narcissists again, obviously was the the topic. Um so so the solution is compassion,
1: would you say? Uh no, with, really the solution is feeling, you know, the real solution. It's like it's feeling within you know, us. Things so, like compassion, like, you know, it's like we're trying to model states. That's the basic problem. Trying to model states, trying to alter our personality through how we think and how we direct our energy. This is the core problem. Mm. so what people are trying to do is live like an avatar and you can't do this the bottom line is if you want to beat narcissism you've got to feel you have to break through that hardened layer and start to access real feelings otherwise all you're doing is kind of creating it you're actually becoming more psychopathic because you're basically Mm. trying to manipulate your personality around and how you appear so that you don't seem like a narcissist you know it's not really i don't know really a long-term solution i can relate to
0: that dev I, I do i do think there's still that in me you know that's looking for certain people and, and saying this person's uh, quite narcissistic or this or that and i can understand that that's me just coming up with a mental construct of yeah. i'm the victim and they are this and yeah yeah people agree that they are this and then you find everyone around you who's agreeing that they are that and um but i i would say less so now I, I feel like i'm I, i'm taking responsibility of People are just the way they are and and it's showing something within me. And, and I think particularly with me listening, um, is a difficult one when I'm in like men's groups and stuff, or when I'm on your your group thing with the check-in. It's like I, I kind of feel like I want it all to be about me. You know, it's like when I share, everyone listens and and I'm top priority and everyone cares mm. about me. Mm. And it's like I'm less interested of. of what other people and that's something that i'm still working on but what that's that's an element of narcissist uh sort of behavior yes
1: it's all about me and 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 of course it mostly comes from not really getting a certain level of real deep kind of almost physical attention as a kid somewhere you know it's set up this lack particularly the bond with the mother in the first year when you've just come out into your own being and Mm -hmm. your own body and around in the world. If, if there's not that close that, that close sense of feeling with the mother and a very slow detachment over the first year or first two years, it does tend to set up a personality who basically kind of can feed on attention. You know, we're trying to fill a hole inside ourselves. I'm just as much as, as anybody else. You know, we're trying to fill a hole and we get a temporary sensation of feeling good when people give us attention you know and and so you know the idea of being say an instagram influencer is attractive to someone with this background because when they get attention they feel good for a while and then it goes away and they think okay i need to do something else to get attention now you know i want to get attention and for some of them if they don't get positive attention then they'll they'll start to get negative attention instead because negative attention is still seen as better than no attention you know, it's a deep, these are deep wounds that we carry around in our psyche and they're kind of almost tied up with the whole wave that Western culture has, 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 has managed to create so much civilization has been at, but at the um, the sacrifice of like billions of childhoods, basically in a certain way. And, and, and we have to, you know, pick this stuff up within ourselves, pick this stuff up within ourselves and just try and heal it. You know but the need the need for attention is real uh, you know and it's like we, we did not get something inside of us there's a hole inside of us where we didn't get something and we're living in this inner state of deprivation and we're trying to find things that fill it but most of what we find only gives a temporary sense of relief
0: 100 no, percent and yeah and you meet some of those people don't you Who just they, they they're just they're talking too much they're not listening to you and it's it's just and it's it's frustrating to be around um and uh yeah i mean it's like i think i was speaking to someone the other day and and i was on the phone to them and and all they were doing was talking it's like i couldn't even get a a word in and i just that just you know well they
1: they they may not be jump in, but they may not be a narcissist oh no not not exactly but i I mean i think it's a
0: feeling of it's all about them and then you know you know it's like maybe they want to share stuff and then it's like you maybe share something about you and then i think they'll straight away turn it back to them. Or I found sometimes people who, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not blaming it, I'm just trying to figure out here, but you know, like when I'm feeling down about something or I've just got, um, heartbroken or rejected or something, and then you tell someone and then they just start talking and they go, oh, I remember this happened to me. And then they start and it's, It was like, that's not the, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking just no. to be able to express myself. And, and they sort of then come in and they, like you said, they don't want to feel the uncomfortable feelings. They don't want to hear you, Open up and start crying, right? So they will keep talking. You know, that's just something I think I've learned. Um, which, which, and then you can't get the level of connection from an um
1: Yeah. So. I mean, that, that that's symptomatic of, of being living in a very thought world for sure. And, and, you know, often we just want someone to listen to us and not really try and fix us in some way. But it doesn't necessarily mean that person is a narcissist. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's just that they, they are not comfortable with 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 deep feelings or they're not in the mood for it right now Mm.
0: yeah 100 um i guess the other question because you mentioned i think you was mentioning something about internet pornography and oh i guess just other ways of bypassing feelings as well um you you mentioned something at that start didn't you you said something about so so yeah i was wondering if you could talk a bit about that because i've done some videos on sort of internet porn and some of the guys who sort of listen to the podcast and watch some videos online so I was wondering yeah where does that sort of tie in with narcissism
1: well to be honest I haven't fully really I'm I'm just creating this course on narcissism at the moment and I might do one for people entangled with narcissists and I've got a few others lined up but I haven't really worked out all the content so I haven't like fully got my own head around the whole concept but certainly with someone who's heavily into internet porn that's that there's going to be a strong dissociative element in their personality so as a child possibly even in the womb they dissociated from the body and learned to try and get needs met you know in a kind of abstract world and so someone who's quite strongly in this will be attracted to to watching porn because in porn they can kind of identify with one of the characters or just get off on the whole scene without them having to physically kind of go out and get sex in a healthy way you know so which is a classic dissociation there's a fear of 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 being sexual of being overtly sexual in society and i don't mean like running around trying to hump lampposts or something but just projecting sexuality out into the world for a lot of people who get caught up in in internet porn they probably are quite afraid of doing that there's a dissociative element but but like i say there, you know i don't really feel like i've got my own head fully around it you know, if they're out in the world, it's hard for those guys to kind of project a sexual persona. Mm. It feels scary for them to even try and do that. And what feels safe is to kind of be at home with your laptop and a box of Kleenex, basically. That feels much safer, you know, as a much safer outlet. And obviously it's not quite so highly regarded or satisfying, but, you know, that that feels easier for them. You know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be creating that course later in the year, but... Mm. When I create something, and I really kind of immerse myself in that world, read all sorts of different people's psychological theories about it, and just let it all kind of stir up inside me and look at my own and look at my own side of it as well, where where I've got experience and I'm still behaving in that way, like I'm a narcissism, you know, and and then you know and then start to create something semi-intuitively in a in a kind of seven-module course like and then put out you know which has got social challenges in it. each module and which has also got some theory and and some bioenergetics or, or or something like that in it you know so i don't really feel like i'm expert enough on the subject fully to talk about it yet but i have some ideas and certainly it's a dissociative condition
0: amazing dev yeah no that, that's good to uh to understand some of that and i guess that that crosses into, into a lot of different addictions as well would you say like eating excess food and stuff like that or is that that a
1: different topic um let's see let's see I mean there's often quite an oral trait in Mm. in any kind of consumption thing in the you know the belief that there's like a feeling of emptiness inside on the edges of our awareness and we think and, and the experience of eating takes that sensation away for a bit but because it's not just food that we're craving you know it doesn't it doesn't last very long and so that's often a model I mean there's neurological models and, and, and that as well for why people become so overweight sometimes and to do with the way that their, their their brain chemistry is working and that's quite interesting stuff but it's it's a bit different I'd say I I, I don't know exactly
0: yeah I guess like alcohol as well and uh, but anyway this these are these are different uh it is kind of you escape feeling the emotions, you know, I think sometimes, yeah. you, know, you know, when you feel yeah. uncomfortable, you're like, I'm going to gonna just drink loads of alcohol, basically.
1: Yeah, get out of it. I mean, it also, when I was drinking a lot of alcohol, it also did allow me to be more gregarious and kind of outgoing, you know, for a bit, until I fell over. <laughs> Till the you next know, day could, when
0: you just... I could, can't get I out could
1: have a when, when I'd had a few drinks, you know, I felt like it, I'd overcome some of my shyness, when I was in my 20s, you know, so I used to drink a lot. But of course, it isn't a very good solution in the longer term.
0: No, definitely, definitely. Um, all right, Dev. Well, I think I think this has been great. There's lots, lots of information here. I mean, what, what would you, you know, is there any, a couple of practical exercises you could give people or questions to ask people how people could get started on, on finding maybe, you know, how to how to find some of these things within themselves? And you know, if there are narcissistic people around them at the moment, whether it's their boss or whoever,
1: what what sort of advice would you give them? Well, it's more if if you if if you see yourself quite narcissistic, if someone's like that, you know, there's always a way that you can just take more social risks by personalising how you speak. A lot of people speak through the third or second person. You know, you know this, you know that. Instead of and the challenge for a narcissist is to say just what they feel or what they think they might feel in the moment, you mm. know, instead of kind of saying like, why didn't you call me last night to someone more saying like, I feel upset that you didn't call me last night. Mm. You know, they expose to use language in a way to personalize it, make it more direct and expose vulnerability, Expose yourself to vulnerability. Mm. You know, this is a basic thing which anyone who wants to change narcissistic tendencies can do to personalize what they're saying and say, hey, I, you know, I love it that you did this or I did, you know, instead of they tend to be more circumspect or less direct, mm. you know, and you can stop doing that. So in social interactions, you can, someone is wishing, you know, just start to say more, I want, I need, I feel, you know, and and, and really personalise and use emotive words more, take more risks with your language, avoid ending sentences with you know. And 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 this kind of thing, these subtle these subtle means, where you're you're weaving people into a kind of linguistic framework between you, but you're you're missing your own personal emotional reality. You know, there has to be also a desire to feel more. You know, to something else you can do is just get up in, the, in in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I want to feel. I want to feel today. I want to feel, because we we are blocked. We are blocked and and for the narcissist especially there it's, it's not very easy for them to be emotionally present with anything that's going on around them
0: yeah absolutely all right Dev, so that's that's some good tips for people um how about with your course and your workshop what 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 are the other details on that obviously i know you've got a bioenergetics workshop which which i've been doing as uh, sorry a course. Um, and that's that's a good way to feel, obviously, uh, but in terms of understanding more about narcissism and the course, So where, where are you up to on the, You've just done a workshop, haven't you?
1: Just just done what?
0: Haven't you just done a workshop recently? Or is it coming up? I'm doing a
1: workshop on Sunday about narcissism down here in Brighton in the afternoon. But the main thing I'm doing is creating this online course, which is just a seven module course and you know you just you just sign up for it and pay money uh one-off payment i'm not quite sure what it's going to be and then you you have the content for life and you can just work your way through it slowly basically and there's different things like social challenges like i've just been speaking about how you use language there's bioenergetic exercises in it and there's sort of basic principles to help understand understand narcissism and how to kind of combat it within our own being you know because deep inside everyone wants to feel more and just 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 feel more involved in life you know and it's just because then it's satisfying and you don't have to sort of play these kind of narcissistic games it's all a safety strategy at the end of the day Mm. narcissism but it's a safety strategy which has kind of become so written in some people that they're no longer aware that there's a lot of things that they're hiding from you know they just think it's kind of normal
0: yeah definitely Cool. All right. When, when's the course coming out or you still that seven? Probably 10? next week. Probably next, next week. week. <laughs> should be
1: out. should be out certainly by about June 18th or something like that. That's cool.
0: All right. Well, we'll put that, I'll put the links in this uh, interview. Oh, right thank now.
1: you. Thank you.
0: you so can, can grab it. Cool. All right, Dev, well, thanks for the interview. Uh, hey, cool.